there's actually a system um, that I was taught or I learned from a friend on Facebook who's got um, who's autistic, mm-hmm. uh, which is used a lot in autism. That they call it spoons. Oh, I yeah, know. Um, yeah. In, yeah, in a day you have say twelve spoons, and like putting on makeup will take a spoon. Depending on like w- your neurosis, yeah, you only have so many spoons in a day, and you can't add any extra spoons. So if if you're in a situation that gives you a lot of anxiety or sensory overload, you used up all your spoons for the day. That means you don't have any left, and that means you need to take time or accept that you've used them all. So you can plan your days like how many, <laughs> yeah. Even if you don't literally have any spoons. No, but, no, but, but that's the thing because I you miss that because you you what. You got disconnected, but I got burnt out in 2015, and I haven't really mm-hmm. been able to come back from that. So some days I wake up with no spoons, or like a or like yeah. a negative amount of spoons. So it's not even for me. It's not yeah. even spoons for a day. It's spoons for like a week, and yeah. and the difficult that I can't accept that and realize that it's difficult when you live with someone else to try and explain that if they're not in that in that sense themselves but to try and explain that I think I think the system with the spoons is a system to explain to other people not to yourself it's to make them understand like Mm. if they they don't struggle with with the mental health issues so I I explained that to my boyfriend I I said about the spoons and Mm. he's like that's actually really good so now when we talk to each other you can say like oh I got what, like one spoon left today so <laughs> you can choose do you want to do this or that and he's like you know so it's more a tool for communication with other people who might not understand what you're going through to say to talk about the spoon system yeah yeah that's a really good good thing to try and because I've been I've been struggling with trying to explain but like I said it's also I've been struggling to try and like understanding myself always what it is because for me, I was always under this, like I said, when people are like, oh, well, it's just ADHD. Like how people kind of phrased it. Or if I tell someone like, oh, you have ADHD. I'm like, oh, well, you know, everyone has ADHD. It's like you're minimized so much and not don't realize actually how big it is and how troublesome it is. And to kind of, because I get like, I go, sometimes I go into like this, usually if I'm over... <laughs> overloaded i have concentrated too much a day that's when i go into hyperactive mode and i just blow up and then i have nothing left after i spat all that out then i get super low instead so i just go into like i've concentrated all day focused on something difficult then i go and try to concentrate a little bit more for example like streaming and then i just go super hyperactive and we do like these weird things on stream where i just like i don't know like it's really weird it's really lovable i love it like we have so much fun with that but then afterwards i just crash and you just i just go like you're still here okay good yeah i'm still here yeah it's just a little blink um looking at my questions i think i'm done i just had like upside and downside with medication i'm not sure if you told me any downsides with it or like well i i think uh that the sleep paralysis was triggered by the medication because mm. uh, I've read later that um, but that's with amphetamine like the, the party drug not the dexamphetamine mm. but because they're both amphetamines I think they might be it might be some correlation there but that they can it can cause uh, sleep paralysis and I know that the time frame when I was weaning myself on the ADHD medication and the proper dose that the 
the psychiatrist prescribed to me yeah. I was having sleep paralysis every night but I was like they were both terrifying and made me feel like the chosen one you know like they, they were really cool to have but it was definitely a, a, a downside if if you're not into sleep paralysis would you like uh, to and all yeah hmm? finish you can finish your sentence uh, I was going to move on and just say the other one is an appetite suppressor. For me, that was never a downside. Mm. But if if you're struggling with your appetite in general, or if you if you want to eat, they can they can make you really put off food. Yeah, as well. Because that's the reason why um, Nico rarely takes the for his for his sleep disorder because he barely eats as it is. Like, yeah, he can't eat. He eats like maybe once a day. Um. So. Yeah. So then, no. It's mm -hmm. never been my problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, never mind either. <laughs> Jesus. Um, no, but I was wondering, it's not if you wanted to talk about sleep paralysis for a little bit, like what it is. Yeah, because um, uh, like if you want, like if you wanted to explain it, or if if you don't, if you don't. Yeah, well, uh, sleep paralysis was. Uh, it's when you. It usually happens when you're about to fall asleep or when you're about to wake up. Um, the the scientific explanation to it is that your brain still thinks that you're sleeping. Uh, well, no, your brain wakes up, so you're you, you 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 wake up lying in your bed, and you can see your room, so you, you definitely awake. Mm. Uh, but your your brain still thinks that you're sleeping. When you sleep, uh, your body is paralyzed so that you don't move, like for your own safety. Mm. Like when you fall asleep, your body doesn't move. Mm. And that's why people who, who uh, sleepwalk, they don't have that block, so they'll act out their dreams and they, they can walk around and mm. like put their, be in dangerous situations. So so that's a defense mechanism that the body does. So we're paralyzed, but if you, you're not supposed to ever feel that because when you wake up, the par the, the paralysis stops. Mm. But sometimes you, you're able to wake up because I'm thinking the amphetamine <clears throat> makes the brain um, much more hyper and like mm. aware, so that it wakes you up, but the body's still in sleep, so you can't move. And because you're in a half dream-like state, mm. it can lead to hallucinations. So I would see shadows in my room. I would see, you know big shapes bending over my bed like investigating me and it's so real that people say like oh it's just a nightmare it's just in your head mm. but when you're in that situation you're like I actually believed that that there is some other dimension that we're just not aware of mm. but if we're in a heightened state of mind that we're actually experiencing seeing stuff that other people can't and and still to this day I felt like some of those experiences were so real that they, like, even if they were just in my head, it was it was just so real. I, I remember mm. one, the the worst one I've encountered was, I woke up and I was paralyzed and I felt myself being pushed up towards the wall, mm. and I remember feeling the bed frame getting closer and my whole body tilting up as if I was being pushed pushed up to, towards the wall and I'm like you, you can't that's not a dream I'm, mm. I'm definitely being pushed and I remember feeling immense pressure between my thighs like on my inner thigh mm. it was being pushed and I felt like am I being raped like what's mm. going on because my legs were like spread and I was yeah. just being pushed and then once I get out of it 
like calm myself down, went back to sleep. In the morning, I had a red mark on my thigh, which is today still a little round scar, which is, you know, I don't have any explanation for it. And it sounds like, you know, put a tinfoil hat, alien abduction kind of person. But like, it's things that it's just so real. Yeah. It made me believe that that it was actually something going on. Um, but it hasn't happened to me in year, for years now, sleep paralysis, which feels kind of a bit disappointing because it was really exciting when it happened. Yeah. But also terrifying. But do you know what lucid dreaming is? Yeah. What is that? Lucid dreaming is when you... Uh, realize in the dream that you're dreaming so you're able to control it like uh, yeah that i've done yeah. like that that i've done a lot it's it's a fantastic thing if you can if you're a lucid dreamer because once you're in a dream and you realize it's dreaming you can control it so you can fly you can you know it's like inception yeah you, but i've had you, that with nightmares and that's been horrible like you realize it's a dream like i remember i was having a dream i was in like this pool kind of and or like a bad who's like a pool house you know where you go swimming a public pool, pool p- yeah. public pool yeah and i was there and i went and i was like there was like these little windows under like under the pool under the water and there were like demons ish monsters or whatever and i was under the water and i was kind of getting pulled over there and i realized that it's a dream but I couldn't stop it. Like I know it's a dream, but they were like, kind of like they were. They were like they also knew that it was a dream, and they were gonna take me. Like they were gonna take. We all know it was a dream, but they were gonna take me and keep me in there. So we all like they were aware that I was aware that I was stuck in my brain, and I was aware. But that was the thing that they were gonna suck me down, and then I would never be able to wake up, and we would just be a part of this dream together. And I tried to like, okay, well, it is a dream, so you know I have to trying to stop myself and eventually i managed to get out and i managed to wake up and if i fell asleep again that's kind of what happens when i get this night terror thing i just get pulled down back into the dream and i kind of have to get out of it and have to pull myself out of the dream and um but that was so creepy and i managed to get out and remember i falling asleep and i get back into the same dream and i was like nope i woke up and then i just walked away like nope i'm gonna stand up i'm gonna drink coffee not sleeping i've only lucid dreamed once and it was it was fortunately like a a dream where i was flying and then i realized like i can't fly in real life so this has got to be a dream and then but i woke up really quickly after that but i could i could like whoa i'm dreaming oh i'm flying but then as soon as i realized it i woke up yeah, I've but I've done that many. Usually when I'm, uh, that was really scary though because I've had so many dreams when I know I'm dreaming, so I'm flying. I just know. So at one point I was standing on a bridge and I was looking down and I'm like, I can fly. I know I can't. Like I felt like every time I jump off a bridge, always at the last moment I realize I can fly and I fly up. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you're just flying and sometimes you realize it's a dream. So you're falling like, it's a dream. I'm not going to die because it's a dream. So I can just fly away before I crash and hit the ground. So standing on the bridge thinking, if I jump down here, will I, I, I most likely will be able to fly because that's how it always happens. I control it. Like, I will, like, then I was like, oh God, walked away. Uh, Indy's here saying that yeah. he has lived paralysis uh, two times and both times he saw some demon. Uh, let's have a look. 
The first one, I opened my eyes during a scary dream and saw some entity that looked took my family's bodies over. Took my family's bodies over, and they had no faces, but they were staring at me and kept getting closer in a car without any control. I woke up after screaming, "God help me!" Yeah, the demons that I saw, or the the demons, the <laughs> whatever entities yeah. that I saw. Uh, they also didn't have any faces, which is interesting because usually yeah. when you meet other people who have sleep paralysis, they'll tell you the same story, which also, you know, speaks in favor of it. You know, maybe there's something creepy going on that we can't explain now with science. Uh, but uh, they usually, to me, would look like have kind of a human shape, but they'd be bigger than human, and they wouldn't have any like kind of like dementors in the in the movie. Yeah, but they wouldn't have like arms or a head. It would okay. just be like a silhouette of a of a very tall uh, creature that would be in the room. But I think because the brain always tries to make sense of what you're yeah. seeing, uh, like and comprehend something, maybe you're seeing something that your brain is not able to comprehend. So that's why you're seeing it as a human-like shape because that's the only thing that you, your brain can make sense of. I remember but something. Ex- the- Sorry. Yeah. They never had any faces. They were just dark, mm. shadowy figures and immensely strong power about them that made me feel like I was so inferior and completely at their mercy. But mm. I remember at one moment, you were sl- when I lived at Frogner, you were sleeping at my place, you were sleeping on the couch. And I woke up yeah. because I had my sleep terror thing. I woke up and I had to turn the light on because we were sleeping with the lights off because you were there. And I turned the lights on because I had the thing and you just had a sleep paralysis. At the same time, you had a sleep paralysis. Yeah. That was freaky. I remember that because you said like afterwards, you were like, I'm not sure if I should tell you this. And I'm like, what? You got to tell me now. Mm-hmm. Like, I just had one the same, like when you woke up, I just had one at the same time. That yeah, was, as yeah. if we experienced something, you yeah. know, that that was actually happening but maybe you know just because there's no scientific explanation yeah. doesn't necessarily have to mean that there's something supernatural yeah. it might just be something that science hasn't discovered yeah. yet you know that in the future there might be a, you know a, maybe a, a fourth dimensional creature is a scientific explanation in the future if or they maybe it could also be exist, like something you know. like you have a you know, we're all humans, so our brains are built up the same way, but it varies. And like they say, we use 10% of our brain or whatever, or like we don't use all of it. So it might just be when you get to a level of anxiety or fear, it's just that is how the brain sees, you know, how we see, like how we feel pure fear or pure, like how anxiety when it comes into fear or whatever, that's like just, it just takes that. Because if, say, the thing that you say, you said, like, yeah, that's just my, my mind trying to make sense of it. Maybe it's just a feeling. You're feeling pressure, but because you don't understand where the pressure is coming from, you your eyes and your brain makes up this shape. And because the brains are, you know, somehow similar in every human, they always make up the same kind of shape because it's how we, in a primal state, imagines fear like would be kind of yeah because there's no fear like the fear in sleep paralysis like in my life if i've been afraid of something the fear you get in sleep paralysis is unlike any other fear you've ever felt like it's it's terror it's literally the worst feeling that there ever was it's so so frightening 
there's another classic uh, story with sleep paralysis that everyone experienced pretty much. And it's like, I think you even said it, that the pressure on your chest, mm. they call it like the the witch lady or like the, the demon lady that sits on top of you. And I got sleep paralysis once when I was lying face down um, and I could feel something sitting on my back mm. and it moved to sit on my head and I could feel a pressure pushing my head down into the pillow and I couldn't breathe. I'm like, what's going on? Like I, it's, and I could feel it shifting as well, like moving around, shifting position and just like sitting on top of me and it was so heavy. And I felt like my back is breaking just like, mm. it's, it's just no, it's nothing that can, can compare to it. The, the terror you feel. Because for for me, like I said, I never had a sleep uh, paralysis, but I always have that. I just call it night terror because I don't know how else to explain it. Because I just, I don't even have to have anxiety when I fall asleep. It just, I just <gasps> wake up and it goes on. And I remember uh, my partner, he hadn't really seen it. But like at one point it kept going and over and over and over again. And he tried to wake me up like, you should just, you should just wake up. You should just like get out of bed like wake up because it's not gonna stop it just kept going and he he couldn't sleep because he was so afraid because i was just like, he was so afraid for me because i was in so much pain just waking up just <gasps> and then just sit, sitting up and crying and then just passing out basically just over and over and over again and he's just like and and then because i was sleeping i was like but i'm but like i was saying like semi-anger like i'm awake i'm awake when he tried to wake me up as well because you're like in this weird state the, yeah. All I could say was that moment in both I felt actual fear and or terror. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's creepy. My uh, my first ever experience with sleep paralysis was I woke up and I wasn't first I was yeah, it's, it's creepy. My uh, my first ever experience with sleep paralysis was I woke up and I wasn't first I was paralyzed and I saw this shape in standing in my room and I'm like, what? And I try and look harder, you know, because I know no one's supposed to be in my room. I live alone. And the more I look at it, I'm, I'm seeing someone standing in my room hmm. that doesn't have any details, just a black figure, like a, sh a shadowy. And I managed to s s get out of the par paralysis and I sit up, but the, the entity was still there and hmm. it kept coming closer. And I remember starting to to scream and and kick my feet towards it to like war mm. warn it like and I was I was kicking and screaming and then I remember I was lying down again so I don't know if I lied down but it was so confusing and I I couldn't remember if I'd actually screamed or if I'd you know if if it was a dream because I didn't know what sleep paralysis was uh, and I felt in my throat that like you know if you scream you can feel like a bit hoarse in your, yeah. in your throat that you just screamed and i could feel that feeling but i couldn't remember if i'd actually made yeah. any sound but very very creepy Wait, hey, so just got out of a breakup. I've dealt with the gambling addiction depression for five years. I have no friends in a new city. I feel suicidal. I got out of hospital on new medication and diagnosed with ADHD, depression. Any advice for me? Well, for once, personally, I feel like in a new city, you have a new leaf. You can start over and you can be exactly who you want to be. Don't see it as not having any friends. See it as you're actually on the beginning of a new journey. 
you got this you got the diagnosis with ADHD so and depression so at least now you know you know you have something to work with and you have a way to look forward and I mean I've moved several times and I feel like sure friends are important but I feel like what's most important for me is always focusing on trying to help myself you know help myself evolve and feel better and trying if you learn and understand ADHD uh, it's gonna be easier to handle as well and do you have any advice well no as you said if it's a new leaf and now you don't have any friends but you get to choose now what kind of people you want in your life yeah uh, if you if you're in a new city you're probably gonna start a new job or I don't know your circumstances but that's usually how we make make friends like friends will come and it's not quant uh, quality uh, quantity that matters it's just be alone until you till you find the good quality people and and you know find a support network online you know if you have friends uh, that you game with you know hold hold on tight to them yeah cuz i feel like when i was younger like every new friend that i've gotten has been a better friend kind of or like i thought not a better friend like it was a better person but i learned what kind of people i want in my life and i started becoming friends with those people so when i was younger i had really toxic relationships i had friends who were like manipulating me or telling me i wasn't good enough or people who didn't accept me who said gaming i was a nerd for being a gamer who told me like didn't like my music i listened to decided told me what to wear and then growing up like when i got a little bit older i kept going towards those people still but after a while I kind of learned what people I like to have in my life and I like to have people that make me laugh I like to have people who I can talk about gaming with I like to have people usually if they like exercise that's always nice to have things that we can talk about but what's most important is that I find people who are open and talk openly about things so now if you're in a new city then well you know if you open if you, there's a lot of people who are depressed and there are a lot of people who are you know that have ADHD and other issues and now you can manage to find uh, maybe people who have the same who are in the same situation and they you know you can find some new spark through there but like like she said as well you can decide who you want to be and you can see like what yeah sorry yeah most most importantly even if our advice might not be like actually doable in, in reality, yeah. like go out and find the people you want to find. Know that no matter how depressed you are at the moment right now, it will always get yeah. better as long as you want it to get better. Because, you know, I've been in some holes that feels like, like I'm never going to get out of this and they're going to be happy again. But you will, you know. So just keep fighting and, and, uh, and try to be positive, even if it's really hard sometimes. And also accept that it's okay to feel like shit sometimes. Like if you have depression, then it's not strange that you're you're feeling like shit. You know, that's that's just something you have to deal with right now. And but it will feel better. Yeah, I think that was a really good thing that you said. That if you want it, like you can always get out of it if you want it, like because for yeah, me prepared to put yeah. down the work it's gonna yes, be hard exactly accept yeah. where you are and if you are depressed then know that it's gonna like just accept like she said accept that it's difficult and know that you don't have to 
don't talk yourself if you don't manage to do like if you don't manage to get out of bed one day you don't have to feel bad about that you don't have to be like oh shit i'm such a bad human for not being able to get out of bed and do the dishes or shower you know that's okay because you know your circumstance and then you know what you have to work with just accept it and when you're ready you'll be able to get out of bed take it step by step for me what's helped me the most is doing like one productive thing a day or if that's too much a week and that can be you know put like if it's a day it could be like d wash one cup and then put it away and that's enough if i wash one you cup, can't compare yourself to sorry yeah, yeah no I, obviously you can't compare yourself with anyone else but like that was just for me like i was like i i can't like doing the dishes is like the worst thing in the world for me but if i manage to wash one cup like i can't like i, I can't force myself to wash one cup and then i feel do something today that makes tomorrow better yeah but it's like if i manage to if i manage to do that one cup i can usually force myself to do it because it's not that difficult to you know wash one cup if you know that's your only goal that's the only thing you have to do but going to do the dishes like with 50 plates and whatever that's difficult but when i've managed to do that one cup i'm gonna feel a lot of accomplishment sorry yeah i was actually totally agreeing with you not I, what, I, what i was about to say is that like you can't compare yourself to other people and think that like if you can't go to work and you can't do this and that you're bad it's like if if you're depressed and if in your state of mind washing one cup is the best thing that you can do then then accept that and then feel accomplished when you can do something mm. like today i'm gonna try and just like put some clothes out and go you know do an oh, errand wow, and if that might, might be really easy for other people but maybe it's not for you but then you set your standard for your life you're not everyone else so everyone's on a different different level uh not necessarily being better or worse than you know we struggle with different things but you know just be be proud of the little achievements yeah. that you do i as mean as long as yeah. it's in your best interest to improve yourself in your life yeah i mean a year ago or like i think yeah it was actually almost exactly a year ago it was in, in it was in june in 2018 between May and June, like I was legit. The first thing I thought when I woke up was basically how to kill myself, and then it just well, that was the only thing I thought about all day. And then you know I was like, I'm not gonna kill myself, but it was the only thing I thought about. And I just got out of bed and I looked over to the kitchen, and it was so messy. And I just cried and went back to bed. And I was hungry, but I couldn't I couldn't make any food because it was so dirty. And I started feeling shitty because it was so dirty. And it just kept going down and down and down. I was like, I just didn't know what to do. I was like, I can't. I, I, I was like I can't do this anymore like I don't know how I'm gonna get out of this and I've been yeah I've been in similar situations before so I managed to know that I managed to know that I can get out of it like I'm I just I just knew like I was in a situation where I was living in a relationship where we were kind of codependent and he had the cheapest like he owned his apartment and our rent was 300 euro that we shared so almost nothing um so i could live off of twitch and the money i got from twitch was enough and like i didn't have to work i didn't have to go to school i didn't have to do anything so i could just live there in my own dirt in my own filth there was no motivation so for me i just 
I was like, no, I broke up with him and I moved to Norway without any money. I had a friend I could live with for, you know, until I got on my feet. That was really, really that was amazing. But I had to force myself to go to work. I was burnt out. So working wasn't something that, you know, was on my top of my list because I was burnt out. But I did it anyway. And I forced myself and I went and like, but I had Twitch. So when I came home from work, I just sat here. And I remember one day I was so burned out. I just sat, I almost sat crying. I was shaking my voice. And I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to work tomorrow. And fucking, I think it was Cece who just gave me 100 euro. And he said, you don't have to go to work tomorrow. Like Twitch saved me. Like the people in my community that I met here, they saved me. Like when I was really struggling, they were like, we got you back. Don't, you know, but... I really still managed to force myself out and go to work and then when I was there I realized what I wanted to do and I realized I really wanted to study graphic design and because you know that's what I'm interested in now and I love drawing and I love you know design and stuff so and I managed to find a school that would take me in October and I and I applied for student loans and then I got student loans and I was like I don't have to work I can just stream and study and live off of loans. That will suck in two years, but when I have to repay my loans, but <laughs> right now I can focus on getting back on my feet. Feet. My feet. My feet. Your faith. My faith. And now you're in a new city. So I don't know what you're doing in your new city. I don't know if, if that's, you know, you have work, you don't have work, but at least you're in a new place. And I'll be like, I know what you've been through earlier in your life prior to this, but I would be like, I mean, I haven't met, I haven't gotten any new friends. I meet all my friends online. I don't really go out that much, but you know, <laughs> I'm still depressed, but I have days when it looks up. And uh, I don't know if you drink alcohol or do any drugs. If you do, just cut that out for a while. And um, that might help because that usually helps for me, even if I don't drink much. But if I remove alcohol from my life, that usually puts me on a track where I can manage to motivate myself. I haven't, had, I haven't been drinking for a little bit over a month and that's been now I'm starting to like go up again so let's see yeah. but we've both been down that hole where you feel yeah. like suicide is the only option depression is so real that everything else just like and we both are be so much better now so you know if you want things to get better they will it's just mm. gonna take some time and some work and actually I'm not sponsored. I don't have this book here for this moment. It's just laying next to me. But I advise you to read this book, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. I really like, I've been reading this book since uh, September or like October 2017. Like, I have ADHD, so working through books that aren't like fantasy, even fantasy books, I struggle with now, but them, like, I can get into that. But like, books like this, I struggle with. So I've been reading this for two years now, but I'm almost at the end, but it's helped me insanely much. And basically it's about living in the present moment and like anxiety is usually like anxiety is either memories from the past or, you know, fears for the future. You, you think about what's going to happen in the future or you think about what happened in the past or if you even if you don't think about it it's like it's un, under under undercover what's it called under <laughs> medvetna it's lurking L yeah, it's, it's lurking subconscious. it's subconscious right it's subconscious <laughs> things from past and 
if you manage to actually get into the present moment, like right now, in this exact moment, what are you doing? Right now, in this exact moment, you're either on your phone or your PC, you're watching a stream, and you're having a very real conversation about life. And that's a kind of beautiful moment. So in this particular exact moment, there's not really any pain. Like if you just get yeah. into this second right now, we're having like you're talking with someone new, someone you've never talked to before, who like who you're having a really a deep conversation with, and that's a cool thing. That's a really like that's a I think that's cool, and I think that's kind very of very empowering. Yeah, empowering and exciting, and you're kind of connecting with someone, <laughs> and that's what's happening right now. So right in this little moment, there's nothing. Like there's no anxiety yeah. and sadness because right now this is cool. We're having a good conversation. So I'd like to think that the the like the past it doesn't exist like the past and the future both of them doesn't don't exist. Yeah. The past already happened so it's gone and the future is is a concept until mm. you're actually in the future. When you're in the future that future is going to be the now. Yeah, so the future exactly. never actually exists. The fu- the future is just a concept in your head of something that you want to be the now or that you don't yeah. want to be the now. But the fu- you're never going to be in the future because yeah. when you're in the future, you're in the, the present moment. So you might as well just, if you work on every moment, every present moment to be a good one, then you won't have any regrets about yeah. your past and you can work about you, you, your future who's, that's always going to be the now to just work on the now being good instead. Yeah, I feel you like... Know, YOLO, if that's <laughs> the kids say. Because then you get a question like, what, should I not have goals? Should I not have dreams? But that's not the case either. It's just like, is if the goal that you have for the future, if that makes the present moment bearable and good, then it's fine. Like, if you have a goal that it's like, you know, that makes the now horrible, I don't think that's the right goal to go for. It's like, if I say, I want to run a half marathon, I really enjoy running like I enjoy running so even when I run like 5k that makes me happy and I can put up a plan to work towards that half marathon and that gonna make me happy in the now and it would also be able to motivate me when I have to do other things like do yoga and stretch which I don't enjoy that much but because that's good for other things I can do it and I can motivate myself to do them even though they're not the best but at the same time they're making my body healthier so it still works so it's like you can still have goals and work towards goals just as long as it's not always you're only living for that goal and when you get there then there's nothing else like I want to be rich okay but when you are rich what will we do what's the point what will we do with all that money nothing I don't have anything to do with the money well then maybe you don't need to be rich the only thing that I struggle with with this book I haven't finished it yet. It's, um, but he explains it so well as well. He says something that we hang up or so we, we get hung up on words and what that word means in a concept maybe. Cause he talks like about God sometimes, but he doesn't mean God as we, the humans have used the word God like how like there's a man up in the clouds with long hair or whatever it's more like the universe like yeah the the universe how things might be connected or how you can like if you're in the present moment you get like if you actually manage to be 100 present then you're basically present with the trees the leaves you're kind of one with everything and then you kind of become one with god and you kind of become kind of like 
I can't really explain it, but so in the beginning I was getting hung up on that, like, uh, is this a religious book? Because I don't like, uh, I'm not religious, but it's not, that's not the case either. It's just very open and, and also like, he says that if you get hung up on words. And what's good with the book is that they have questions in them. So the questions you might get, like he explains a concept and then you put in a question like, okay, so what if... Am I not supposed to do this and this oh, and wow, that? A new thank you for the follow. Yay. Car 98. Um, and also thanks for the follow. Live in the moment. I was just busy talking. Um, but yeah, like he answers questions as well in the book. So it's good that way. So, if, so when I got like, wait, what? So it's God. I have to believe in God now. And then he had kind of a similar question and he explains that as well. So I don't know. I found it really, really good. And it's been like known to like, it's super famous and it's been like, have this life-changing moment for a lot of people kind of there's another book um uh, that i haven't read all of it but i've listened to some some of it and it's all very very interesting it's also kind of a self-help book mm. but but it's called outwitting the devil and it's not the devil just like you say it's not a mm. christian or like it's just the devil is the the negative forces in your life of stuff that uh, toxicity things mm. that that you don't want in your life that's the devil and it's uh there's loads of clips on youtube with just like chapters from mm. it that you can listen to that is very very therapeutic it's called yeah outwitting outwitting the devil yeah it might it changed my boyfriend's life so he was the one that recommended it to me because uh, he was in a very uh, negative spiral living like bad lifestyle choices and uh, managed to turn his life around because he realized what elements of his life was the devil, you know, or yeah. the ne negativity. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, that's a really good read. Yeah, I think I also managed to... I don't know, I have had many moments now because I've worked so much with, you know, impulse control, like we talked about earlier, and, you know, getting these very strong emotions that you can't really always control, and then just like when you get so much anxiety as well I just really try to you know get in the moment but the issue some, or not issue but we can sometimes the present moment is really shit so you're gonna be like oh it's YOLO but this moment is actually shit and that's when you need to practice sitting with pain so just accepting that things hurt and accepting pain because sometimes it is very painful and there are moments like you can you can experience a loss for example that's not gonna be like you're gonna you're not supposed to ignore that and if you lose someone you're gonna be in this present moment you're gonna be sad and it's you're allowed to be sad it's really good to be sad and it's but it's good to kind of like but what you should do is not like let yourself be overwhelmed by the sadness instead kind of almost get yourself outside of your body and just look at the sadness and see that it's there and it's like okay i'm sad because of this reason and it's fine obviously cry and get it out but don't start having your brain start building up more thoughts like okay i lost this person i always lose people and then that person is gonna leave me blah 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 no i lost that person i'm sad i don't have this person in my life anymore then you don't have to go like yeah sadness is a it's a natural emotion which we're supposed to have just like happiness so it's not like yeah. if you're sad your life is wrong sadness is 
happiness, you know, stress, all of those emotions or, or states are there for a reason. Mm. So accept them and, and live with them, you know, not dwell. Exactly. But they're important because if we didn't, if we always cut our sadness out, then we don't process things. You know, you're supposed to be sad when th- when when things bother us. Stress is a is a coping is an old survival. You know, if if you're gonna be hunted, if you're hunted mm. by a bear, you're feeling stress because it gives you adrenaline and it makes you, uh, it produces cortisol, like the stress mm. hormone in your body that makes you able to. Uh, perform better in some situations because you're quicker and you're more alert when you're stressed and that's a, that's a, a tool for you to help deal with dangerous situation but in our society nowadays we don't we aren't hunted by dinosaurs yeah. and bears we 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 work long hunted hours and, and stress yeah and, and and our brains can't really like there's too much stress in our society because we're not really living a natural life yeah. but if you understand why you're stressed and maybe try and uh, remove the factors that are making you stressed or accept that your body is stressed because it's natural to feel that way because you're not living a natural life. Very true. Whenever I get into a new relationship, I just feel I get so attached in the first month. When I lose that person, I just go so down and to the point where I don't leave my room for days. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, I have a borderline. So that is, you get very, basically... If something ends or if someone chooses someone else because they that means you're not good enough so if you have like if if you and I are friends and I also like your friend and I start hanging out with your friend if you have borderline you see it as I'm not good enough and I'm a bad person and everything and you can't really like control that so you always have to tell yourself and accept that like the emotions are still there but you can accept and say, like, okay, just because this person likes someone else as well doesn't mean that that person likes me less. Doesn't mean that I'm less of a person. It just means that that person is also great. So, and because obviously now that you know that you have ADHD, that's a lot with impulse control and you get impulses. So if you meet someone, you fall in love with someone, you just act on all impulses and you just act on all that love and everything. And then maybe like something happens and you act on that impulse and you break up or that person breaks up and you just leave or you leave them. And then you're going to be like, everything just goes, you know, like, like this all the time. So. But it's also okay to stay in your room for days as long as you know that eventually you want to get out of your room but if you're grieving the loss of a person even if it it was a relationship or if you lost a person through you know whatever situation uh grief is a part it's a natural part of life so then just stay in your room sulk and 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 be sad and let it happen and and do what you need to do what's your therapy is it sitting and watching netflix and binging in your filth then that's fine but you're gonna get out of you know you're gonna get out of it somehow i actually have a great tool i was gonna use this for a later um, i was gonna i'm gonna use this for um a, a video later anyway uh do a long long thing about this but one thing that's really good like what you said i i already forgot because i'm tired and adhd but basically find your triggers and accept your sadness and then you will find like when you get treated for borderline but this works with everything 
but you get this you kind of get levels of anxiety and like when you get into a full borderline craze you get psychotic we talked about this earlier so you're gonna have to find you have to kind of they call it like the stair and you have stairs and then you put your different kinds of triggers or like you have your anxiety and you have to find kind of find different levels of anxiety so for example if uh, like if if my if my boyfriend breaks up with me maybe that is max anxiety level and up here and that's gonna make me act out in x amount of ways or if um if if the if the my coffee pours out when I'm pouring it maybe that gives me the lowest amount of anxiety but it still gives me some sort of trigger that might spiral into something more if I don't stop it and hinder it so they kind of through therapy then obviously with help with someone else but if you don't have help then you can try and do this exercise on your own you just try and find like what things triggers me and what and like or just find what are my different kinds of level of anxiety when is this bearable like where max on the top of the stair is unbearable and at the lowest part of the stair is bearable like you could be at work but you, ugh, it's hurts here or you could do this but it's painful and then you need to find tools that will help you get down help you walk down the stairs um for the different kinds of anxiety levels so for example for me i have when i'm at a certain type of anxiety level which is kind of like rage it it's more like borderline mode i'm getting really angry and that anger might escalate if i'm in a relationship i'm gonna go and lash out on my partner and gonna try to start a fight with that person when i'm at that level i play overwatch and i just play a game and that game is super toxic, but I just go in and I have lots of adrenaline, I just get everything out. Maybe I scream a little bit at kids online, and then I get it out, and then I can like, <sighs> okay, breathe it out, go to bed. Um, at some points, it's like, if it's really strong, maybe running is the only thing that works. I just have to go out and I run. And like, if it's on a different stair, and then I get can get down to this level, and then I play Overwatch, and then I played Overwatch, and then I can go down another step of the stairs. So you need to kind of find the d scale your anxiety. Sorry. Are you writing it down? I was, just, I was writing down a note about oh. something I wanted to say because okay. you know, okay. I have to remember it. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> and uh, you just touched the subject. Um, it's uh, I I had an epiphany once when I was suffering from a lot of anxiety. Mm. Uh, it was a, a day I overslept, and I realized. No, my my manager called me and said, uh, "Why aren't you at work?" And I thought I I started an, an hour later, mm. and I had no makeup on or nothing. But I lived only five minutes from work, and he's like, "You got to come down now." I worked as a bartender, and we had really busy. I had mm. to just run down, and I got so much anxiety. You know, I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. But I had to because I didn't. I was all alone. I didn't have any, you know, any mm. safety nets. I did. I needed the money, and I had to run to work with barely any like makeup or any preparation. Mm. And I was so anxious. But while I was running, uh, the anxiety somehow disappeared mm. because it, when I was I was just about to leave, I was just like shaking. But if you anxiety is stress and if you elevate your heart rate in a natural way mm. like running then you can trick your brain to think that the reason your heart is beating so much from the anxiety is because you're running mm. so it, it kind of normalizes the the heart rate because when you're running your heartbeat is supposed to be high and i completely like oh my god my anxiety is just gone because i had to actually run to get to work yeah so that was when you said running, but then I assume that running is because you like running. 
not because running actually physically helps with anxiety because more, you, for you more, have it's more like, heart rate. Yeah, for, more, it's, for me it's more uh, endorphins and the, the physical, it kind of like puts the body to work and um, thank you guys so much, the last real question I have is I've been bodybuilding for two years now and people tell me I look so good but I don't want to see it for myself, I gym six weeks a week and I push my body so hard yet I still feel like I'm not good looking or have a good body, it's just part of it. I would say that yes, because the thing is, if you don't feel good about yourself, it doesn't really matter what how your body looks like. Like, I've had like moments when I've been like super fit and then I look at myself in the mirror and all I see is like one little flaw and that's what I focus on. And then I've had moments when I've been like weighing a lot more and being like not fit and anything and I just look at myself in the mirror like holy shit like look at that booty and like go like oh damn I look fine so it's it's more about within and you have to you kind of have to it's a really good exercise imagine even okay if you don't have any I don't have I don't really have that many friends so it was more like imagine if you don't have a friend imagine the concept of a friend uh, but it's more like thinking of like your mom or any person that cares about you or have cared about you or has cared about you what would that person say about you so when you're having doubt and you're starting to trash talk yourself and like oh this isn't good and blah 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 what would your best friend or your mother or someone say to you what would that person say would they say like yeah you actually do look kind of shit or would they say no like you look amazing you look fine like damn you've been working out like you you have like look at those abs or would they say like what would that person say and try to every time you catch yourself starting to be like the the negative part you just like what would my my best friend say what would my mom say and try to imagine what they would say and then say that to yourself instead so it's all about constantly and continuously being nice to yourself because we're gonna yeah, and if people around you are, are saying that you look good then they're probably not just saying it to be nice it's probably yeah. something in it you know everyone's got insecurity so you're gonna be you know no matter how good you look we all kind of look at ourselves sometimes like oh I wish I looked better but everyone doesn't see you the way you see you because you see you all the time people usually see you as a whole complete thing they don't look at your little flaws you're the only one who sees the spot in your face you know they look at the whole you which we're not able to do when we look at ourselves because mm. we know ourselves too good and too well but you know if you work on your other issues then if you feel happy in yourself you're gonna feel more beautiful yeah it's all yeah it's like if you manage to find like the if you get like for me like if i get good routines then shortly after i start getting a better like my start feeling better about my my looks as well like just like because i managed to do this i managed to i managed to work go to the gym i managed to make great food i managed to go to bed early i managed to go up early i managed to do all my work tasks or whatever then i start feeling better and then when i pass myself in the mirror i'm like shit that's that great person who managed to do all those things on the list that are good for her and i'm like oh she's kind of cool but if i'm like just been laying on the bed eating like I'm not supposed to eat dairy and I'm like been eating like chocolate and chips with dairy in and I've been watching like a shitty series and I'm like my my body is aching because I've been eating dairy and my 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 conscience is aching because I've been eating dairy and then I walk past the mirror all bloated and in pain and I'm like oh, you're a horror like it depends on what we do and how we like 
what goals we set for ourselves, kind of. <sighs> yeah. Hmm. Drained. Yeah, pretty pretty drained too. It's been going on for like how many hours? Um, three hours. Three I've, hours. Yeah, because I started I started in thirty. I th started thirty minutes before you came along, and I, now I've been going for three hours and thirty minutes. Oh, I had yeah. two. I had two things I wanted to end on, and that was um, actually in this book he mentions how the mind is kind of the mind is the enemy basically like if we are present in the moment we aren't really thinking we are just being in the moment the thoughts are like part of the ego the things that we tell ourselves to find like we need to identify something we need to do this they're part of our ego or like the, that kind of like materialistic self in a way so whenever you manage to get present in the moment you're not going to be thinking about like your body that way because you're going to be present in the moment and you're going to feel healthy because you've been healthy oh thank you so much this whole conversation made me yeah. feel better see you together yes thank you so much for hanging out too and thanks for the follow and that's the whole point of you know pod this kind of podcasts and the goal of you know my whole concept with this uh stream in general i do i mean i stream overwatch mainly but you know around of it like the point like i have started a blog now i'm gonna push out to you to youtube videos with the same kind of concept and then we have this we i say we i i have this podcast but right now you're here as well you know obviously welcome anytime you want to hang out and have these kinds of conversations because they're important to have out loud and ah now I remember the last thing i want to say was journaling that was it when you're in a moment of real the ma when i'm in the moment of max 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 anxiety when i'm on the verge of a panic attack when i'm shaking or actually having a panic attack i sit down and i take this notebook out because it looks really pretty and it's like it's actually just it's from india my friend bought it to me in india and i write the worst open most open and raw thoughts that i have and i cry so much i write everything that i think but it feels really good because it comes out and it's like all right that's what it is like it can be like i feel small because this person said that or i feel inadequate because i haven't been able to do this thing and it makes me feel like a worse human because people around me can manage to do all these things like the things we think not even think out loud like they're just inside of us so we don't really always touch them with sticks and i just write everything out and then i have it there and i'm like holy shit I think these things I need to change something that's another tip thank, yeah. thank you so much Good for uh, thank you so much for coming on to the show and like I said earlier this is Aula she Aula yeah like the L she's a musician you can listen to your music on SoundCloud and Spotify I just sent the the SoundCloud link now but she's Aula on Spotify as well she's makes amazing music uh, lyrics are cool as well so you might be able to resonate with them as well uh, live in the moment